When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard show with JB, Andy Brant Bernard, Cassie Schrader, and Catherine will be in, but she's off wandering around. She she'll she'll be here. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over sixty years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Ladies and gentlemen, in the summertime, it's going to be 92.5 degrees here today. I drove because it's. I'm not walking home at 93 degrees. 93 degrees by uh, 3 o'clock. I ran yesterday. In Did you? Mm-hmm. Yesterday was hot, but it's not as hot. It was only like 83. No, 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 no. It was... Did it get I higher? Get, when I got finished, I was listening to a local radio station, and it said it hit 91. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah, it, it's so, going to be hot all weekend too. Well, it's already eighty-one now, and it's only one o'clock in the afternoon Central Time. My so. car said it was sixty-six. I think the thermometer might be broken. Well, mine <laughs> said it was one hundred and three, so I think mine's broken too. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so I don't know how. How do you? Don't those temperature gauges they're on the front bumper of your car or something like that? They've made them less crappy nowadays. Don't have they? Because... I think they have multiple sensors, so it's not the sun hitting them and oh, breaking them. Because mine is always about, mine's at least 10 to 15 degrees too high. Always. And I don't know why that would be. Mine is two degrees too high. Just two? Mm. Yeah. That's not bad. No. That's not all bad. But my car is 2013, so maybe. Mine is too. They couldn't dial it in yet or something. 
The NFL's controversial new national anthem policy hasn't been well received by many players and fans on ESPN's Get Up. Host Michelle Beadle called out NFL owners for refusing to address the real issue that anthem protests were originally centered around. They continue to fuel the flames that come from a lot of the fan base that has completely convoluted what the original message was in the first place. And by the way, if you're wondering, Google Sterling Brown today. Because there's a video coming out later today with Milwaukee Bucks Sterling Brown. That's the exact reason why these guys feel the way they feel and have every right to feel the way they feel. You know what I love? The real experts on what black men need is always white women. (laughs) Why is that? They're all experts on what black people need. There's a white woman in the room. Yeah, there you go, Cassie. (laughs) What did I do? (laughs) What did did I do? (laughs) I just love that, though, that, that... I don't whatever. <laughs> well, I just I don't know. It, it's 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 weird because I uh, connected with a f- guy that I grew up with on Facebook recently, and he posted something about welfare yeah. and how it has taken out the uh, father out of the black family. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. There's a lot of people starting to say things like that now. Ever since the whole Kanye thing broke. Yeah, it's it's yeah. funny because it's like everybody hammered him, but then the 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 spinoff of it is realizations of things that people didn't want to look at or didn't know and right. whatnot. And right. he put that on there, and I said, "Yep." I said, "I just I replied to him." I said, "Yeah, it's um, people got to understand it was put in place by Democrats, and it's being kept in place by Democrats. Well, it's true. And, you know, everybody thinks we're conservative because we say things like that. But we, we criticize the right and the left on this show. So right. uh, I'm sorry, but Lyndon Baines Johnson's Great Society was the first idea that the father should be out of the home for the family to re- receive welfare. I don't get that one. Uh, it just makes no sense at all. Keep the family unit intact and, you- and then see what you can do. And you would probably get people, uh, families who get off of it. Oh, I don't think there's any question. I don't think there's any question. There's no question you would. I just, to tell you the truth, I don't think Democrats or Republicans have the people's best interest in mind. I just no. don't think they do. Not anymore. No, it's like, although on the show Wednesday, I did enjoy the fact that L.A. Nick busted uh, Ferris Bueller. What's his name? Jacob Fry, the new mayor of Minneapolis. <laughs> oh, he said he looks like Ferris Bueller. Well, he does look like Ferris Bueller, but he, he's talking about yeah, I don't know if you know this or not, man, but he wake and bakes every day. <laughs> can't say that he smokes an illegal substance on the air. He's the new mayor. Yeah, but he does look like Ferris Bueller. There's no question. Uh, now you're going to once again put the onus on the players because you don't want to open your minds. You don't want to listen. You want to pretend like you're having meetings and giving money to these causes, and we're really here for you guys. We care. You don't care. And what you could do is get out in front of it and make the fans understand why this continues to happen. Yeah, and I, now you're an expert on what NFL owners should do. Is that right there, uh, Michelle Beadle? I, what is she on? She's on ESPN. Yeah, their new show called uh, Get Up. What is Get Up? It is, uh, you remember the show Mike and Mike? Yeah. The Mike Greenberg, her, and uh, Jalen Rolls. Oh, so there's no more Mike and Mike? There uh, Now it's Mike and... Um, uh, uh, so where'd, where'd the other Mike go? He has his own show, too, in the morning. Mike oh, they didn't and, get along anymore? Mike, no. Mike and uh, Wingo and Mike oh, and Wingo. Oh, Trey Wingo. Not Trey yeah. Wingo. Is yeah. it Trey Wingo? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so they just didn't and get I'm along at, anymore? No. And actually, I'm glad they're split. And I like uh, Golick. You like Golick? Yeah. Uh, Green, uh, Green, uh, Greenberg used to drive me insane. I agree. I See, I, I agree with that 100%. I never cared for Greenberg. He always, every day he started the show with uh, Mikey Mike, back better than ever. It's like, you have the same guests every day, every week. <laughs> How are you ba- back and better than ever? Yeah, I You can understand. say you're back. Yeah. Because you are back. Right. And it even drove uh, Golik nuts that he would say it. So yeah, he apparently. would do it, he would do it just to get Golik's goat. And, but, um. No, he, um, Greenberg, without talking to Golick, went in and asked for a different role. He did? Yeah. Without telling Golick first. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't he, why didn't he tell Golick? 
had no idea. Makes so no it, sense. so the last year, year and a half of the show was really difficult. Yeah, and a then, uncomfortable. And then it, it got out that um, the last uh, loop of firings at ESPN, it, it got out that Trey Ringo was going to be with Golick. It got out, and you had other people congratulating him about that <laughs> Greenberg is still there. Oh God! Oh <laughs> like, God! That's comfortable. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, can you could you just end this? Because they were like, they finally had to admit that it was going to come to an end, but they still wouldn't tell people when. Right. And it just left it out there. Yep. And the last show was this. The last minute of the last show, they had their families come out, and it and it still felt kind of like cold. Yeah. No, that's true. I understand. Rose McGowan on Friday, today, gave her first TV interview to Megyn Kelly following the arrest of sexual predator Harvey Weinstein. The disgraced Hollywood mogul turned himself in earlier that day, was charged with rape, committing a criminal sexual act, sexual abuse, and sexual misconduct. The charges stem from two different women, including actress Lucia Evans, who alleges that Weinstein forced her to perform oral sex on him back in 2004. I'm so glad I came in. Yeah, that's working out. Delightful. Thinking of Harvey Weinstein doing Hello. anything is so Thank gross. You. How are you? Hi. You get to sit right next to me. I mean, I don't mean get to sit right next to me. That's different. Hi. How, how are you? I'll just finish this up quickly because Catherine didn't want to be in here for this either. But, it's gross. Um, Har- yes. Anything with Harvey Weinstein is just gross, right? Yeah. He's but, just. But this is about Rose McGowan. But I, oh, I said in the first hour you would be happy because. He's he's now been arrested. Oh, that's right. They because, actually yeah, hauled his butt in. African Americans have been upset about Bill Cosby, so and they kept saying, "Why not him?" But so, it did take eight years to get Bill Cosby in mm-hmm. jail, so it's not like took a while. But know. that two percent of African can now be happy for you. you okay, know, within you. <laughs> well, I think Weinstein should be arrested, but you know yeah. what took so long with with what takes so long with all these people. Got a lot of money. <laughs> Ten years later. Okay. Rose McGowan, who was among the first to come out and accuse Weinstein of misconduct, appeared on Megyn Kelly today where she described uh, seeing the Predator in handcuffs for the first time. So apparently she enjoyed seeing him in handcuffs, which is a good thing. Uh, it's surreal is the way she put it, actually. It is surreal. Uh, it's real. It's both, she said. It's a very good feeling. I actually didn't believe this day would come. This is a big strike into the heart of abuse of power, and it shows people worldwide, which is what I was hoping for the whole time, that this will not stand. So Rose McGowan is very, very happy about it. Yeah, she was one of the first that, that stepped up and said, hey, this is wrong, and it happened, and it shouldn't happen. And then I changed the subject, and welcome Martha Kelly. <laughs> Perfect timing oh. for her. <laughs> yeah, the timing was. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't know for sure if you'd be able to find the find the place or not because we just moved two weeks ago. Yes, you were in the old studio, but yeah. Um, so well, I did take a wrong turn and end up going someplace a little farther and then came back. It was I a little would, farther. Did you use Google Maps? I I just used the map on my iPhone, the one that comes with it. Okay, because everything puts you like right on the fr- on the freeway. <laughs> yeah, it's like eh, yeah. No. actually the one in my car did not really. It got oh, me lucky. right to the door. Did it really? Yeah. yeah. Usually it doesn't. Yeah, well, several people. A lot of people end up down there by the movie theater. So your Toyota. Mm-hmm. Hmm. See, I have trouble with mine. I also have trouble oh, with my right. Bluetooth in the Toyota. Oh, my God. That thing with the echo is just it's unbearable. terrible. Does yours do that? <laughs> Huge echo. Uh, you tell me. Do you have Bluetooth in your car? Yeah. You no, don't? It, it's fine. Oh, every time I talk to somebody, they're like, something's horribly wrong with your telephone. <laughs> and then I have to, you know, either hang up or use it on speaker. It's just the speaker's so loud that it you can hear yourself in it. It's an echo. That's the problem. Way to go, Catherine. My speaker is so loud. Yep. Oh. So try turning that down. Okay. Try I'll down. try that. Yeah, all right. Work. It'll all work out in the end. So how's everything? Everything's good. You said you just wrapped yeah. when? Uh, On baskets. Yeah. We'd, wait. So, 
I'm a little, I feel like I'm on drugs, but I promise you I've been sober for many years. I'm just really out of it today. Is, Is anyone it else? It might be the humidity. It's, it's killing all, everybody. It's day. I feel that's why I think I got lost. But yes, everything's pretty good. I don't know what you asked me, but I heard baskets and that's all. Oh, no, I, I, just, I said you, we had talked earlier about the fact that you would just uh, wrap baskets oh, yeah. a, a short time ago. Yeah. New season. Yes. The shooting wrapped, uh, so that made Louis. You know, I, uh, Louis sent us a couple copies of his book where he's dressed as his mother on the cover. Mm-hmm. Dear Mom is the name of the book if you haven't seen it yet. But He does make a very cute woman, I have to say. He does he make does. a cute woman. He makes he a nice mom. He I does. agree. And yeah. you've known Louis since you were, what, about five or something? No, probably about yeah, that. Pretty yeah, much probably your whole about life, five o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Five o'clock? Five o'clock. Five <laughs> you said, years old. You said five o'clock. It came off on me, so you came in, and now I'm... Now I'm what the, if I'm, I'm radioactive? There it is. You might be radioactive. That's what it is. Are you, are you still having a lot of fun doing the show? It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun to do baskets. It is really fun. It's one of my favorite places to be in the whole world is on the set, because it's just fun. And, yeah. And uh, we always have a great crew, and everyone ends up being friends, so it's really fun. Oh, you do? Really? Yeah. Well, that's good. See, that's a nice thing. Well, Louis, it's pretty easy to be a friend of Louis. He's pretty, pretty yeah. easygoing guy. He's really funny. Easygoing? <laughs> yeah, I, I love him, but I, I wouldn't say he's easygoing. Really? No. Although, what did he say about me about five years ago? He's said, very I was... sensitive, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean... He's a very sensitive guy. I yes, mean, he's very sensitive. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's. I don't. I don't know what I'm saying. I wouldn't say he's easygoing, but he's sweet. Catherine and I, about 15 years ago, were standing in front of. Uh, I think it was Planet Hollywood, and Louis <laughs> was. I can't remember where he was, but we went to pick him up, mm-hmm. and he came outside. And he was wearing an orange and blue shirt with stripes about that wide. All it was the way a rugby around. shirt. It was like a rugby shirt, yes. Mm-hmm. A rugby shirt and a, like a 5X uh-huh. with stripes about this big. So he comes so out. So it, it was a little loud. He's talking. He's talking. And, and he looks at he, and he goes, Yeah, so anyway, I was, What, Catherine? She goes, What? He goes, What? What is it? She goes, That shirt. No, he said it's the shirt, isn't it? Oh, he isn't said it's it? the shirt. I can tell by the look on your face, it's the shirt. I'm like, yeah, it is the shirt. So we now have. He's like, I've worn this on stage. Oh no, he was really upset. So Christmas about ten years ago or twelve years ago, something like that. Probably Christmas, twenty years ago. I don't know. We maybe. got this huge box in the mail. I mean, this box was immense. Yes. And inside the box was that shirt stuffed into a pillow. <laughs> He turned it into a pillow and sent it to Catherine. I'm sending you something. (laughs) We still have it to this day. We do. I just saw it this morning. In the rugby soccer world, those are called hoops. Hoops? Hoops. Oh, with the stripes? That's what makes it a hoop. Oh, because of the hoops around it. It was a very Mm -hmm. nice Ralph Lauren, you know. It was. It's a nice shirt. It just... It wasn't right for anybody. It's just the orange and the blue and no... Yeah, and the large size just wasn't <laughs> Didn't working. Didn't work. Why no. would they do that though? Why would they make a shirt in size five X with those broad stripes and bright stars? Honey, I, I walk around, I see clothing every day. Yeah, it's like, how was that true. made? They Who make all clothing. Made that, don't bought want, it, and put it in a store. Don't <laughs> don't want to discriminate. We're gonna I, take there's a, some ugly clothes out there. We're gonna take a break here for about two minutes, and then I want to come back. I want you, I want you to tell me about Austin. Okay. Because I've only been in Austin once, but man, people who live in Austin love Austin. I do love it. I want to get your take on it right after this, Tom Bernard Show. This is Tom for Flo. For the past 35 years, Flo's passion to invent a better way has created some of the finest recreational products available. Flo's Cargo Max trailer line is a perfect example of their innovation. This trailer is redefining the utility trailer industry. They start with a strong aluminum frame, and then add a thermoform polymer bed. It gives you a nearly indestructible one-piece trailer body. And since it's molded, it adds style that the trailer industry has never seen. They even beat it with a large sledgehammer at 20 below zero to prove how tough it is. Best of all, you'll never worry about dents, rust, rot, or paint. Visit their website at floeintl.com to find your local dealer and to see videos of this unique trailer, including a video showing hockey star Ryan Suter 
shooting pucks at it, trying to break it. You'll quickly see how Flow has earned the reputation for quality products and offering you more for your money. Flow, a better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan, and now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth, just like me, at their free informational dinner on Monday, June 18th, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those unwanted pounds will melt away really, really fast. I've lost about 50 pounds now at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth after being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that are weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, the Nutramost weight loss plan is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Call now to register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on June 18th. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. What is that? Uh, just push play by Aerosmith. Are they doing that Whatever on purpose? Whatever that is, don't play that again. Aerosmith, <laughs> 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 how can you go wrong? Yeah, it's true. It is there. You, you can't. Was that... Is that a was that a glitch or are they actually well, like sounded, yodeling? It sounded like it was on purpose. <laughs> it sounded like a cutting edge, you know, audio oh, effect for the time. Yeah. Steven Tyler likes that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that yeah. song came out. Uh, I want to say early two thousands. Yeah. Oh, so, never mind. That's when auto tune was starting uh, to come in and oh all that fun stuff. Oh, so I it was see. new arrows. No wonder they didn't know about it. <laughs> So I want to get your take on, because I think we talked briefly about this, but I am not a huge fan of Los Angeles, but you grew up in that area and decided, I don't want to live here anymore. Right. Even though yeah. you're in the business. Was it the traffic? Yeah. Uh, it's everything. I just don't, um, it's a desert. It's, there's no fun weather. Mm-hmm. It's super crowded. It's expensive. Um, it's ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Smells bad. (laughs) Smells bad. Traffic is unbelievable. Unbearable, isn't it? It's unbelievable. It can take you like an hour to go 20 miles. Uh, It can take you two hours to go 20 miles if there's an accident on the freeway. It's terrible. Yeah, but there are a lot of great people there. So mm. it, it is. It isn't like the people are bad. It's just the city and the climate and. Yeah, some lot. of the people are bad too. Most of the people are great, though. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true. I haven't had. Um, they're friendlier in Austin, and driving is terrible. Like, maybe because of the traffic, people in LA. When I drove there from Texas last September, as soon as I got into LA County. All of a sudden, you just people will be going twenty miles faster than the flow of traffic, <laughs> and it's terrifying. And they right. just all of a sudden, someone comes and they're cutting you off. It's really scary. I can understand that. Now, how did you pick Austin to be the town which you wanted to move to? Well, the first time I went there was um, in '99, oh, okay. and I um, stayed with a friend of mine who was staying with. Two people, neither one of us knew very well, but we all ended up being friends and uh, having fun. I also was still drinking then, and it's a great town for an alcoholic. And <laughs> so I moved what an there. endorsement. Okay. That's a great <laughs> Chamber of Commerce. If you're an alcoholic, you want to move to Austin, Texas. It is really, like it here. It's great for that. But it's great no, sober, too. No, what do you talk, That's what everybody you, tells me. You're, you said it's got a better climate. What well, do they, yeah. Austin is still a little bit, it's close to, it's kind of right in the middle of the state, yeah. so it's still has somewhat of a desert climate like West Texas, but it's more green for sure, more mm. green than L.A. Yeah, they've got water in Austin. <laughs> yeah, we have a lake in the middle of town, and um, yeah, so it's prettier. It's getting much more developed than it was when yeah, I first moved yeah. there, but it's still a really nice city. It is a nice city. I've been there for a long time, so I haven't seen it being developed. I uh, yeah, God, it's been a lot. It's been since Fitz lived in San Antonio. Yeah, I've been to Austin twice, and it was just so long ago. I'm sure I wouldn't even recognize it anymore. It's so built up. Yeah, it's still so different. Every time I've left and then moved back a few years later, it's different. 
like so. completely different? Well, not not like I don't recognize it, but like whole sections of town that used to be open fields now have condos sure. and yeah. retail stores and all that kind of stuff. Why do you think it is? And I know the universities there and all the rest of it, but Texas is always known for that cowboy thing and it's real conservative and blah blah blah. And then right in the middle of the state, there's Austin. Yeah. Why do you think it? Why do you think well, it became kind of like a, well, uh, a liberal con from the uh, music scene, isn't it? I Pretty think nice. so. Well, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. I think it was a lot of pot smoking musicians. <laughs> I think that's what it was. <laughs> I could see that happening, you know. But yeah, it's a great town. So you've been living there how long now? Off and on. The first time I moved there was January of 2000. Okay. Um, and then I've lived. I moved back to California for a few years. So this time. I've been back for a year. Oh, okay. So, and then before uh, that, I was gone for six months and then lived there for almost a year. And I go back to California when we shoot baskets, and then I, yeah. the rest of the time I live in Austin. That's wonderful. Martha's at Acme, by the way, tonight and tomorrow night, 8 and 10.30 both nights. As a matter of fact, Acme, one of the great comedy clubs in the United States. It's true. So It's the best club. I'm sorry to that's be... That's what everybody says. Um bossy about it but it is the best <laughs> club <laughs> so it just is it is it's yeah just, is it the way it's structured where people are right on right on stage but they're not on top of you and i don't know it's a i really well, like it. and lewis does a great job i think lewis does an amazing job and then the staff is great mm-hmm. and they set a tone that i think makes people feel welcome but it's also like not like a free-for-all some comedy clubs people are they basically go there to do something a little different than a bar, but they're just there to drink. Yeah, yeah. And they don't yeah. care about comedy, which is their right. But if the if a club staff just ignores that and lets people be rowdy, then the people that are there for comedy will get irritated. Mm-hmm. So Acme's not like that. Everyone's the audiences are just the nicest and the best. Well, that's nice to hear. Well, we spend a lot of time. You ever played the Improv in West Palm Beach? No. Okay, it's a huge club. I mean, yeah. this place is huge, and it's it's le- like different levels of tables, mm-hmm. and they have a full menu, and everybody's eating. It's got to mm-hmm. be. I mean, it's nice. It's a really nice club, but I got to believe it's really hard to do comedy there because it's a. Everybody's having dinner, and then you're kind of the throw-in. Yeah, I, I think that that place is all going to depend on who the act is. I suppose, yeah. Like we true. saw Paul Mercurio there, and he's right. going to appeal to a little bit older crowd. No, he likes to drag people up out of the audience, too. He just, yeah. You know, that's part of that whole deal. But, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's an interesting thing. So since you brought it up, uh, we have something in common. What, how, long, how long has it been since you stopped drinking? I quit drinking December 20th, 2003. Is there a good story? No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I had a really anticlimactic end to my drinking. I think it it was like I went to three different Christmas parties the night of the 19th and just kept drinking but couldn't really get a a good feeling from it. Mm -hmm. And then a friend of mine, a comic, said, me and you and this other friend are always the last ones to leave any party because we're we were always the we always would keep going because we wanted to keep drinking mm-hmm. but i for some reason that i took that as an insult and was like uh-oh i'm not gonna be that how dare you <laughs> <laughs> and then so the next day my intention was like i'm gonna cool it for a while yeah but it was five days before christmas and then on the 27th i was gonna I was out in California at the time. I was going to go back to Austin and stay there through New Year's. And I was thinking about when, what night can I just take a night off from drinking and realizing it wouldn't be till a month later. And then I just was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Really? Yeah. So it was all a really good. Yeah, 30 days of drinking is a long, (laughs) that's. I mean, a lot. That's what I was had been doing for a while. That was just every night, and then realizing like I can't moderated i can't slow down it's either i'm going to get drunk every night or i can never drink again that's interesting that's a that's a really good take on it actually a lot of people are like that though yeah what a lot of people yeah they'll they'll either drink a ton or they won't drink at all there's no like i'll just have one glass kind of thing yeah for some reason i was probably like that yeah yeah once you just have a couple glasses of wine i'm like i don't want to do that 
I can't imagine. <laughs> no, I can't either. I, I it's yeah. just no. That's not why. Now, see, when I I drink like maybe once every three months. Yeah. And for me, I'll just like it'll all just be like in the mood for something. It's not like I drink to get drunk, whereas no. a lot of people do. You've so. never been drunk, have you? Yes. Yeah, accidentally, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. And Where? all I did is just get yeah. really sick. So, you yes. know. It wasn't something I would shoot for. Were you funny? Alex, Alex has a very good story <laughs> no, about I was him. quite ill. Alex, our daughter, has a very funny story about you. He, he called her. And he's like, you need to come over. She's like, well, are you drunk? And he's like, I... Under I over uh, underestimated the amount of alcohol I could drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see how much I could drink, right, until you got drunk or something, and then it was like too late. I don't remember. This was like over. This was about a decade yeah. ago. That was so a I long mean, time ago. Yeah, yeah, it was a long time. Well, you had ago. just turned twenty-one. Was, I think. The way she tells it is much funnier than the way I did it because I can't remember the whole story. But it was funny. Did you, how old were you when you had, when you first started drinking? The f- well, my dad would let us have sips of his beer when mm-hmm. I was a kid, but mm-hmm. so I liked the taste. But the first time I got drunk, I was thirteen. You were thirteen because I, yeah. I was eleven. That's yeah, see, young. that's another that's thing young. is yeah, people yeah. who drink when yep. they're very young yep. tend to drink more when they're older. That seems to be true. They do say if you if you don't drink by the time you're twenty one years old, it's highly unlikely you'll ever drink. Mm. Well, because you were you were thirteen, right? I was eleven. Eleven. You just said. Yeah, I, I was thought, eleven oh. years old. Eleven. How old were you when you first smoked pot? Fifteen. <laughs> I was just kidding. I didn't assume that you had ever smoked pot. I was just I, kidding. I, to this day, if, if it were legal in Minnesota, but it's not. Um, I, I wish it were legal. I don't smoke it, uh, but I wish it were legal well, I wouldn't smoke it either. The edibles yeah. I would do, but not, and I, I'm not going to inhale smoke. Well, I wouldn't. I mean, I couldn't. I can't get high at <laughs> <laughs> sort of, if you're sober, you can't get high at all. But I still think marijuana should be legal everywhere. Yeah, well, I, I stopped drinking it about five and a half years ago. And the, oh. the marijuana that I use is indica, which doesn't really get you high. It just makes me sleep really well. Hmm. I have sleeping but problems. But is that legal? No. Oh. Well, I mean, I, is medical marijuana, is that indica? I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, it's really, I never knew that there were different kinds of... Yeah. Pot. Now there's all kinds of different oh, kinds, yeah. but oh, I yeah. can't do any of them, and that's okay. I don't. That's it's easy. It's easier for me not to do anything than to try and make a plan for it to be reasonable. Yeah, I understand it, that. Know. Skirt the line. Yeah. Yeah. Skirting the line, but a lot of people think they do. It's like ah, you know, I I only have like ten drinks a day. I'm like, yeah, there are so many people where it's like, yeah, you really moderate. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I only have ten drinks a day. It's not that much. I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's well, part of addiction is the denial, which is not a conscious thing. It's just a really mm-hmm. yeah thinking. Because I, I thought I was getting drunk every night and my life was a mess, and I still thought. It's not the drinking, it's something else. And if I can yeah. take care of that other thing, then I'll be able to drink successfully. Do you think you would, you would have ever been invited to do baskets back when you were drinking? Um, I don't think so, but even if... Zach and I were friends back then. Yeah. I, w- I wasn't like a crazy um, different person when I drank. Yeah. But I don't think that would have happened, but even if it had, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Like, I had a few stand-up opportunities and i just couldn't turn it into anything because all i like i did conan in 2002 and um then was just like i guess uh, and now i'm going back to austin and i'm just gonna keep drinking like i had no idea how to um make the most of any opportunity or even some stuff like i couldn't anytime i was asked to submit a writing packet for a comedy show. I couldn't do it. Really? Yeah. You just, just didn't. Uh, yeah, I, could, I, I guess I, I could probably understand that whole situation. It's uh, what season are you in in baskets now? Well, we finished season three, and then they just announced yesterday that we're doing season four. Well, good, oh, excellent, good, congratulations, excellent. thanks. I'm I love doing it, so I'm excited. But we'll film. We'll start filming in February when normally we start shooting in September. Oh, you do? Yeah, but it's pushed back a little. You know, what's interesting is you and Zach Galifianakis are perfect together because of the the way 
you handle yourself and the way he handles himself. There's a really nice balance there, well, don't you think? I he's one of my favorite people in the mm-hmm. whole world. So maybe that how much I love him comes across in that yeah, maybe. on screen. Yeah. I don't know, but he's so funny and he's also like really sweet. Well, that's nice to hear. So, See, we we just worked with a guy early in the week who's a pretty big star, and he's not pleasant at all. To work with, so. <laughs> I'm gonna look on your calendar, and I won't say it out loud, but I'm gonna try and guess who it was. Uh, his name's not up there. His name Ooh. was taken off there. Okay. I don't even know who you're talking about. No, you when don't. When the microphones are off, I'm gonna. I uh, could tell. Ask you, you to tell me because I, I love gossip. <laughs> it's not gossip. I think everybody kind of knows Jeremy Piven is not a pleasant oh, person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. I heard he was in town. Oh. Yeah. It was it, nice to the, me. I think this is my theory, which is based on no research <laughs> and also not having even finished my bachelor's in English. Mm-hmm. But I think that getting a job as an actor is like one of the luckiest things that can ever happen to a person. And I think some people deal with that instead of being able, they don't feel like they deserve it Mm -hmm. because no one really deserves super good luck or super bad luck, you know? Yeah. Yeah, No, I think that's right. So they don't think they deserve it and they, that makes them uncomfortable. So they just convince themselves that they are better than everyone. And they, and that's why it happened to them instead of, (laughs) Play the out music. That's hilarious. All right, we'll be right back and finish that conversation in just a couple of minutes. Tom Bernard Show. Chris Lindahl's here, ladies and gentlemen. Finally, a package that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor. We're giving away a free home staging package, and the reason we're doing this for KQ listeners is because you just have to win that online beauty pageant. In today's world, over 90% of showings are done on the internet, and so you want to make sure that you stand out. The Christendale team has stagers on staff, so we're able to give you free staging packages at no cost to you. So how'd you come up with this idea, Chris? Well, what's happening right now is we're watching homeowners lose tens of thousands of dollars by not having the right architectural photography and the right staging. And so they're losing all of these impressions and these showings online. And we want to do something to make a difference. And one of the number one core values at the Chris Lindell team is to be generous and give back. So we're giving free home staging packages to kick you listeners. So, Chris, how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, to take advantage of the free home staging package, you can call 763-401-SOLD or go to chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. And don't forget to mention Tom sent you. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. There you go. Bumper music, bumper music. <laughs> Is this simply irresistible? Oh, God. Apparently, you're simply irresistible. So go see her tonight, tomorrow night at Acme, 8 and 1030, both nights, as a matter of fact. So we were talking about, um, during the break there, you are talking about the hashtag Me Too movement, and you wish it would spill over. But people are not, I've noticed recently, and I just brought this up. As a matter of fact, just yesterday I brought it up, that people are not courteous any longer. Mm -mm. Not at all, which is really unfortunate. They will butt right in front of you and just not even bother to make eye contact. They don't even look at you. Uh, people are not mm. courteous. They're just, I don't know. So I, I understand what you're saying, and I do agree with you that it should, I wish it would spill over to everything. Be more pleasant. Someone's phone's yeah. buzzing. Oh, it's mine. What a shock. What if it was Jeremy Piven calling <laughs> to yell at all of yeah. us? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think he'd be yelling at no, There'd be no yelling. That's um, very, very true. Um, yeah, I, I like, I will say, obviously, I'm not an objective source, but like um, Zach and Louie and Jonathan Kreisel, our director, mm-hmm. yeah. they don't, some people treat the crew like you're, like there's a class war and you're, if you're on the crew, 
they don't even acknowledge, some actors don't even acknowledge a camera person who's standing oh, right yeah. next to them. Yeah. And those guys are not like that. And I, I for sure don't ever want to be like that. So it makes it way more fun of a job for us to be right. friends with everyone we're spending every day with, mm. you know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why you'd want to be miserable at work every day. It well, doesn't yeah. make any sense. Some people get into acting so they can be part of the upper class that doesn't have to acknowledge anyone who's not, you know, as famous and rich as them. Because a lot of people like to feel like, you know, they're special. They're better than 99% of people. It yeah. makes me really angry that people that that's even a thing in yeah, I've never human it. social... Uh, Stuff. I totally think I'm better than everybody else. Yeah, sure you do. Yeah, uh huh. Sure you do. Well, you, you can have high self esteem without being mean to people. Smarter you know? than most, too, I'd say. Yeah, that, that, that is a big part of it, is the being mean to people. Yes, no, high self esteem. No, Unless they not. make me, you know, like. Crazy. Well, I find with guys, especially like in like construction or somebody that you have to have to have fix your house or something, if you're not mean to them, they won't do the job right. Yeah. Some of that's I mean, if you're nice to people, it, it's, I really? mean, yeah, I start out being be... nice and then they start wrecking stuff and making other stuff, you know, they've got crap all over the place. They haven't picked up after themselves. You've asked 15 times if they'd get their nails out of your driveway. <laughs> you have to scream at them. Yeah. Otherwise, they just refuse to cooperate. Well, I don't know what that is. Unfortunately, some people need to be motivated, and motiv- which yeah. I don't like doing. Well, but- coaches a lot of times say, mm-hmm. unless yeah. I scream my brains out at people, I can't get them to, to work on the field. Well, it was I- the only time I've heard my mother swear. Really? Was that a construction? <laughs> really? Do you think any of that is that it's a chauvinist um, culture with construction? And if it's women that they're working for, they're like, I don't have to listen to you because you're a lady. Yeah, sure. I think think it's a laziness culture. I think some of it is definitely that. Probably true. Because, I mean, I've I've noticed when we go into, like, a hardware store, which is a rare event, together, you know, and I am looking for a particular thing. They'll talk to Tom. Even though I know nothing about Even though he doesn't know the difference anything. between a screw and a nail. I, I mean, don't. I don't. They'll I talk fix to him. I'll be like, I'm looking for the flapper and the toilet, and it's this brand, and they'll be t- talking to him. Well, can it's you like... just make Tom stay in the car? <laughs> <laughs> yes, she could. Well, I'm feeling like he's, a, he's probably an asset because they'll tell him everything he needs to know. Whereas with me, it's right. like, uh, uh, they're over here. Well, I went to a yeah. hardware and I get store. No advice. Right before I left town to get key copies, and um, I could not figure out the self-service key maker oh, machine. God, oh, no. forget oh. those! And things. I almost started to cry, and then I was <laughs> mad. Those are impossible. But then a guy who worked there helped me and was really nice. Even though when I first started talking to him, I was about ready to cry, and was right. I just walked up to him and said. I can't do this. I cannot do this. Can you help me? <laughs> Are you talking Home Depot? No, Lowe's. Lowe's, okay. yeah. Because they're usually yeah. nicer, I think, He was than... really nice. And then I yeah. apologized for being on the verge of hysteria. <laughs> and I, he uh... taught me how to use it. And then I Was it easy it. after all? Once, yeah, once oh. I got help. I just am not good at anything that requires, like, um, brain power. <laughs> Well, I think what it is, too, is they assume that you know the jargon of whatever it is that you're doing. And it's like you don't know what all of these instructions even mean. What Rotate are these the words? clasp 180 degrees into the manifold. It's like, yeah. Yeah. What? What? where's the manifold? Yeah, and just... was what clasp? It was also like a lever. It was figuring out that you had to press a lever down at the same time you were putting your key in. Oh, yeah. And I could not get the lever system to work. But then when he did it, I understood. Well, I'll tell you something. True story. Catherine said, the closet light is burned out. Would you replace the light bulb in the closet? I said, sure. Yeah, big mistake. So I went in there. You know the little glass domes that Mm -hmm. have the little screws around the thing? Mm -hmm. So I took it off. I set it down, make sure I didn't break it. And I took the light bulb out. And I put a new light bulb in, and I tested it to make sure the light bulb worked, and it did. So I put the dome back up, and I put the screws in all around, <laughs> and I walked out, closed the closet door, and Catherine said, did you change the light bulb in the closet? And I said, yes, I 
And I got eye out, and you could hear it crash. <laughs> oh, no. You know, all those little screws that hold the little... I don't know how up. I could have done it wrong. I have no idea, but it's got that lip. <laughs> yeah. You put it under the lip, which I assumed I did. I yeah. thought I did it right, but... It's, I mean... easy, to, it's easy to mess that up, though. <laughs> I'm always afraid I'm not going to... Well, thank I'm, you. It's going to crash. Yeah. yeah. And how did the light fixture fall down and break the sink? How'd that happen? I think. <laughs> Wait, there was a sink in the closet? No, Honestly, this is a different situation. I was you don't say, want me like, anywhere near home repair, not anything like that. You don't want me near that stuff. Oh, yeah. See, I love doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, you love I, it? but I have no yeah. talent. I try to do home I repair hate it, if but I'll I can. Do it. I'll do it. Yeah, Andy, you're good it. at that stuff. Yeah, but I, I, I seriously, it's not where I grew up. I grew up in a neighborhood that was like Catholic, Black, and Jewish. A lot of that stuff. And, at the one end of the neighborhood, it was like the Catholics, the black people, and then Jews. They all, we all lived in the same neighborhood, but it was sections of a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So basically some of the older Jewish men said, I swear to God, Tom, you're a Jew because you're the worst person, <laughs> the least handy man I've ever seen in my entire life. So what's it got to do with being Jewish? It's like, it's not a Jew in the world can fix anything. That's why you always have handy men. I'm like, what? What is that all about? So I don't know if that's true or not. Well, if you're constantly renting and you're never owning, then you never, you wouldn't fix anything. Yeah, but because I, then you're paying for something you're not supposed to be paying that for. That is a big problem. Like people from Manhattan that, yeah, that they can't always fix have a super anything. and their super does yeah, everything for them true. in the city. And then they move and they buy a place down in Florida. And all of a sudden they're like, yeah. What? I have what? to do this myself. They don't even know what to do. They're completely confused. No, it's absolutely. And they get true. ripped off a lot because they think that everything's yeah. oh, going to cost yeah. them a ton of money. Yeah, yeah, that's very, doesn't. very true. Yeah, five hundred dollars for an hour of labor. It's like in Manhattan, that's you know normal, but. Yeah. I suppose it is true. Martha Kelly's with us. She is at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, eight and ten thirty. So, how long are you on the road this time around? Well, this is the only week I'm doing at a club, and then I go to California to see my family and to do a. Baskets marketing thing event well, where good. we're going to work at Arby's for one day. Oh, yeah, that's right. You brought that up. I want to hear yeah. about this. And um, I don't, work I still Arby's. don't know exactly what. <laughs> <laughs> I am confident that I am qualified to work at an Arby's. I, sure. I have worked at a Kentucky Fried Chicken. So did she. Um, sure I just, that was my first job. KFC. Me too. That was my first job when it's, I was 16. <laughs> what? Did you get the uh, gross red? polyester uniform to we, wear we had brown <laughs> polyester and it was the kind of polyester where the stink never left and Love you can't chicken. fold it no it is unfoldable yeah what? yeah oh yeah it was it's like this so, thick yeah i mean it was it was meant to last for a lifetime i'm sure i'm sure they're still in a landfill someplace and yeah. they'll, they'll never break down Forever. The KFC uniforms yeah. oh, that they were in a breakdown. Yeah. Dark. It was they so kept the, ugly. They kept the smell of the chicken grease yeah. in there forever. No but matter. I'll be, oh, God. I'll, I'll be forever uh, happy about I used to go in that KFC all the time, but Catherine's almost nine years younger than I am. It might have been one of the drunks my manager <laughs> had to kick out. <laughs> I'll Martha, take, I'll I, take a three... Three-piece snack. No, no, no. Jeez, you're pretty. (laughs) Get out. Get out. That was not me. Don't don't try to pretend that (laughs) I would do something like that. I was talking about the drunks. I didn't. You were looking right at me. You would totally do something like that. (laughs) What I always got was the, what was it? It was called the KFC Bowl. The bowl. Yeah, the, the bowl. The bowl, oh, the bowl wasn't bowl. around when I worked no. there. Oh, was it? No. no. It had the mashed no potatoes and the corn and the chicken and the gravy. Oh, God, yeah. it was delicious. That's a meal. That's a three-piece meal. No, yeah. I mean, it's all in one bowl. It's oh, the KFC famous it. bowl, $5. There you go. It's we a re- didn't have it's that a when I worked. I, it's if a we recent. had it, I blocked it out. <laughs> no, it's a recent ad. Well, not wow. recent. I used to do it when I was going to Brown. That wasn't recent. Well, I worked there in 80... Three, eighty-two or eighty-three. And you were sixteen. Wait, that's not right. Yeah, wait. God, I'm bad at math. <laughs> I was born in sixty-eight, so whatever it was sixteen years later. No, eighty-four. Okay, eighty-four. Yeah. The earliest yeah. I can find the uh, evidence of the bowl is is two thousand six. Oh, okay. Well, good. So twelve years ago. So I guess I wasn't going to Brown no. then, because that was you did not have a little bowl. bit before that. 
No. Maybe I made my own bowls. Maybe well, I mean, I'm sure they've had 3,000 different versions of, you know, there was mm-hmm. these, this yeah. combo in this package. Yeah, there was the snack pack and then the meals and then yeah. the buckets. And then yeah, the buckets. That's basically yeah. it. Ooh. Oh, and the stupid little parfaits. I got to tell yeah. Mark, <laughs> you'll love it since you worked at KFC. As I said, where I grew up, it was, it was inner cities, mostly poor people. Mm-hmm. And there was a KFC on the corner of West Broadway and Girard, which is the ghetto. Right, <laughs> and I had relatives that were firefighters, friends. A lot of a lot of guys I grew up with became firefighters or cops. Mm-hmm. And then we had some cops in my family as well, my mother's side of the family. So this cop calls me one day about I don't know, 25 years ago, and he went to the KFC on in in the ghetto down there, <laughs> Gerard and West Broadway. When he calls, man, you gotta you gotta talk about this on the air. I said, why? What happened? He said, I went to get a bucket for the precinct house, a fourth precinct. So he goes to the drive-thru and gets, he said, I want a large bucket of chicken. I want your 24-piece or whatever it is. I don't know, whatever. So the kid says, okay, well, we'll, we'll do that. We'll get that taken care of. Um, so they hand him the bucket. He goes back to the precinct house. They open up the bucket, and all it is is breading. <laughs> There no was no way. chicken at all. It was all breading, which means they swept it up off the floor <gasps> and put it in oh, the bucket. Oh, no. <laughs> now oh, my that's God. That's mean and racist. I don't know why you would do racist. There wasn't any race involved. It's a microaggression. <laughs> Where do you also go to racist? There's no race I don't know. Involved. I just, that's what everything is. Yeah, no, nah, well, that's true. That's you, so gross. It's really gross. It makes gross. me feel nauseous. All right, I'm sorry. There's only two minutes to go, so I don't want you throwing oh, up. I don't throw up. Don't throw up for you. Uh, so everything is good. The TV show is going great. You just got picked up again. You're on the road. At the, your favorite club in the world. So everything's yes. good. Yeah, things are pretty good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, and I have two cats and a dog, which is a perfect combination. Andy's got a cat. Mm-hmm. We've always had a dog. As, until I moved out of my uh, out into my own place. We always had at least one cat and one dog. Yeah, yep. we did. It's a fun combination. My cats, I got them when they were like six weeks old. Oh, yeah. And my dog, Rosie, I don't know if she ever had puppies before I knew her, but not since I've known her, but she always wants to mother oh. any cat, oh, yeah. any kitten, and so they love her, and it's really cute. Yeah, it is nice having them around because they're so happy to see you. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Is mm-hmm. what you're talking about. I wish people were like are, that. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice to it's see. nice to have other other beings living in your apartment without any of the stress or drama of having humans in the apartment, roommates, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand exactly. No one's ever in a bad mood. Oh, I should tell you, by the way, that this is only being our second or the second week, I think, in the studio. The woman who brought you to the door here, mm-hmm. I just, I went and said, we, uh, we might be getting a guest coming today. You know, I'm not sure. Um, she was very excited you were going to be here. Oh, She's that's a big really fan nice. Because when I met her in the lobby, I was about to start to cry because I thought <laughs> I had come to the wrong place. And I was starting a text to Derek at Acme to say, I can't find it. But it was I was here. No, she's a big fan. She was very excited to, to hear that you were coming. So it's great that's having really you. Nice, nice to see you. It is you nice. too. It was a wonderful night. Yeah, that's really night. nice. So congratulations on all the success. Everything's going well, and it's, it make, makes me happy. That's a good thing. Yes. Thanks, Tom. It was great to see you all. I was a little bit hoping your cute dogs would be here. but yeah, no dogs, dogs in this dumb building. I know. Yeah, that's new building. Won't let those. Somebody irritated. should run for city council and change that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it done. Martha is at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, 8 and 1030. Thanks very much. Thanks, Great. you guys. Great having you in. Thank you. We'll be back in several minutes. Tom Bernardino.